Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Fantastic to have you listening along. So thanks so much for tuning in. Jim Halley is the owner of Chicken Central, some of the best rotisserie chicken in Australia with three locations in Melbourne. Uh, I just want to read a bit from the website just to give you an indication of the brand ideals from the freshest of our free-range chicken to the natural flavours that go into enhancing it. We love sharing the joy in good quality food uh, in every meal we serve. To us, you're not just another customer. We like to get to know you by name and reward you for your loyalty. Uh, this is a local chicken shop and we like to keep it that way. That is the thing I've always loved about the brand, Jim, and uh, it always feel like a local whenever I come in. So it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, now, I, I come from a couple of brands where local was was really important, especially in my early days. Uh, one of them was Baker's Delight, which actually had it in the tagline of your local baker and and the other one being grilled, which um, which um, made sure that they talked about that as well. But like Chicken Central and the three locations that you have in Melbourne uh, really uh, go deep into local. So that's really why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I knew that so many people could learn from that. So do you want to just talk about how you started out in your career and started out, uh, actually started the brand itself? Started... Uh the idea came in 2008. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, wow. And um, it was up, left up to me to sort of get food for the family. Yeah. So me, who didn't know how to cook, uh, <laughs> I had to really rely on the takeaway uh, scene out there at the time. And mm-hmm. I found that there was not much really going around as in home-style, fresh, good tasty food mm-hmm. and I thought because I don't cook and I'm not a chef or anything like that yeah I thought what's a nice easy thing to do and I thought, for some reason another chicken came to my head because I just thought oh, I'll cook a chicken and some chips and then some salad it can't be mm-hmm. that hard mm-hmm. I was wrong there but anyway <laughs> um, and from that I took the idea and I thought okay I had a look around some of the chicken shops around my my area and uh, mm-hmm. yes they had charcoal mm-hmm. and but it was quite, apart from the charcoal flavour, was quite bland, boring. Yep. Um, the salads were, you know, things that uh, used to get 20 and 30 years ago, the egg salad, mm. seafood salad. Mm-hmm. There was nothing too exciting about it. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I, I'm not here to invent the wheel. I just want to reinvent it. So experimenting on the backyard barbecue, uh, cooked many chickens on there, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the formula. And before I knew it, I... My wife said to me, look, there's a chicken bar, you know, opposite, uh, about five minutes from where we live. Mm-hmm. And she said, go and have a look and see what, see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I went and had a look and uh, said to the guy there, you know, nice little Greek man there who's uh, been there for 20 odd years. I said, mm. you've been selling. He said, yep. So we discussed it. Before I knew it, I had my first chicken shop, not knowing exactly what I was doing. So and, which, which uh, one was that? First one? Uh, it was in East Malvern. Oh, okay. Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that, we had a bit of lead time leading up to opening day. We had mm-hmm. to go through council and do all sorts of things. So I had plenty of time to devise the formula for Chicken Central. Mm-hmm. And so the backyard barbie came in very handy, experimenting with the flavours. And before I knew it, I had the chicken. But I didn't know how to cook it into, in the rotisserie that, which I chose, which is... Uh, 
a gas rotisserie. Oh wow! Because I want I wanted to not do charcoal. I thought charcoal was mm. really hard, and and it's an expertise to, to get that making sure that that heat's always there. Mm-hmm. So this gas rotisserie, which I uh, discovered, was the ultimate thing for for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't actually cook anything in that rotisserie until a day before we were opening the store. Oh wow! So um, the the flavors that I threw together onto the chicken, mm-hmm. we, we got it all ready, stuck mm-hmm. it in the in the oven and uh, cooked up. And I thought to myself, oh my God, is this actually working? Or had no idea. <laughs> First I opened up, we sold out. Didn't know there was going to be such a such a response to to the, to our store. Yeah, right. And uh, over over the period of time, slowly, slowly, I uh, refined the the recipe to the chicken. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is now today. I haven't changed it for a few years now. And yeah, right. it's, it was very nerve wracking mm-hmm. because my background was never in food. Yeah. And I just thought, well, let's just have a go. And the other thing was also the salads. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do like, you know, the, the seafood, the egg salad, that kind of thing. So 10 years ago, we introduced, you know, couscous, mm. quinoa, things like people coming to our store. didn't even know what quinoa was. I didn't even know what quinoa was. They couldn't even say <laughs> quinoa, Jim. <laughs> they couldn't even say it. Most of them would exactly. say quinoa or something like that. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the thanks to a lot of help from uh, my wife and friends and family, we, mm-hmm. we devised this this concept of a, a roast chicken bar, but a modern spin on it. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to to serve people like like ourselves who were time poor. You know what my wife was going through and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it, they knew that can come into my store. And grab something healthy, mm-hmm. and know that it's good for the family, mm-hmm. apart from the chips. But if, you know, in moderation, <laughs> chips as well. But uh, <laughs> that, that was the whole idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And from there, it just grew. And I grew up always, you know, understanding customers with the yes and a please, and get to know them. Yeah, and that's who I was. And so I tried to instill that into our store as well. Mm-hmm. It's not all about uh, yes, please, or how can I help you? Yeah. It's hi, how are you? What's mm-hmm. going on? Get to know who they are. Get to know their names, and from there, just evolved into into what we are today. Yeah. How did How did you go into the sort of the second and the third store? So obviously, you opened the first one in two thousand and eight. Like I imagine, there probably wouldn't have been everything you, um, probably everything you thought would have been some challenges, but you obviously overcame them to do, to do your second and your third store. Like, how did that come about, Jim? The I've always been the type to not sort of sit on what I'm doing. I, I like to grow things. And it was, for me, it was never about the money. I mean, mm. I, I already had my, my other business going. I was in logistics for nearly 20 years. Yeah, right. So to me, it was all about growing the brand. Mm-hmm. Because we were lucky enough to be successful in that first store. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, I, if I can re- duplicate what I'm doing here in another store, mm-hmm. you know, it, it should work. And the biggest challenge was you know, staffing, team, all that sort of stuff to make sure you got that core group that understands the the philosophy and the formula of, of Chicken Central. Yeah. So when when I when we opened up the second store, I literally went in there myself. Mm-hmm. I I ran the store myself for uh, for five years, morning wow. and night. In there. Mm-hmm. So I was doing 15, 16 hours days yep. Yep. every day mm-hmm. just to make sure. And I was you know I'm a bit of I don't know. Micromanager, if you want to call it that, which I've grown to sort of not do that anymore. Yeah. But I, I wanted to make sure that everybody was on the same wavelength as me. Mm-hmm. So from that point of view, it was all about 
teaching the guys that were coming in. And I'm talking 15 year olds, 16 year olds, right up to you know the, the, the 20, 21, 22 year olds. Mm-hmm. My goodness, we've got a 60 plus year old lady who works for us as well. So <laughs> just to understand what I, I want from everybody and understand the formula of Chicken Central. Mm-hmm. It's not, again, it's, when, our customers aren't numbers. Yep. And I want our guys to understand that mm-hmm. and to understand that it's, it's about being the local chicken shop. So when people come in or see you down the street, hi, John, hi, Mary, hi, whoever it might be, mm-hmm. and they know their names as well. And that takes a lot of time. Yeah, so sure does. Thought, for, for my team to actually remember our customers' names, they need to be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when we hire 15, 16-year-olds, I, I, I envisage that they're going to be here to at least BCE. Mm. And if they're going to uni, if they're enjoying their time at, at Chicken Central, they're going to be hanging around after uni as well. Because yeah. most kids want a part-time job. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my way of thinking is to teach these guys Yes, we, we, there's, there's work to be done. Yeah, coming with a good attitude, and when I hire somebody, I want to hire personality. Yeah, I not on skill, hire. right? Yeah, mm. the, the, the job I can teach them within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's the personality you can't teach somebody. So if I, if when when a young kid comes into the store and looking for a job, if they've got something there that I can see that I can work with, it makes life so much easier down the track. Yeah, and by then because most of them are all around the same age group when they start, mm-hmm. they become friends. They've never met each other before they've come into Chicken Central. Yeah. I've got a lot of guys who now, you know, the social office, the guys that they work with. Yeah, 100%. Well the, the original friends as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that plays a big part. So when, when you've got that sort of camaraderie in the store, it helps It helps the, the environment of the store. You enjoy coming to work. You have some fun. Yep. Yes, there's work to be done, but it just... Galvanise them all together to to help each other and to make sure that what we're doing is the right thing, of course, but also, oh, so have fun while you're here. Yes. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have towards the end of the year, you know, Christmas or wherever we can, we get together as a group and have a bit of fun together as well, whether it be bowling or having some quiet drinks or whatever the case may be. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, we do something all together, which is which is what I'm trying to keep instilling in, in my team. Work yeah. together. Yeah. I might be the, I might be the owner. But I'm also there, you know, washing the dishes, mm-hmm. mopping the floor, cleaning, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's not about it's, this is not my job, not my job. No, it's everybody's job. Let's get together and work together and get on with it. And if uh, the guys respect, I think a lot of the guys respect that everyone does what they need to do, mm-hmm. rather than having this hierarchy of, you know, he's, he's, he must be better than I am because he doesn't do this job. Mm-hmm. Not about that at all. It's all about <laughs> working together. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we that's what we try and instill in our store, and I think that's what's helped grow the uh, the business to what it is today. Mm-hmm. I, it gets to a point where yeah, our kids go on and get their careers and do whatever yep. they're going to do in life, and good luck to them. But as as they as I see that they're coming to the end of their uh, their life here at uh, Chicken Central, mm-hmm. I'm bringing you guys to get that same like a football team, like, like the culture of yeah of the store to, for them to understand what the culture is as well. So they can grow with the, with the store. And then when the next lot come in, they've got that same sort of culture as well. Mm-hmm. So can I ask like, I've got like a, basically a theory that brands will either um, fold after three sites uh, when they do their third site or, or they'll explode and, and do, and do more stores. Now you've obviously had three stores for a consistent amount of time. 
Um, was there one of those three sites that was more challenging than the other? And can you explain why when you opened it? It was. We um, look. We, we also had a. We've had a. We opened up a store in Hampton, mm-hmm. which uh, didn't work. Okay. And uh, we just. I still don't know why exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work. We did exactly the same. Duplicated it exactly like the, the other stores, but it mm-hmm. just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So we, under management, it wasn't making enough money. So yep. we we sold it and rebranded it and sold it to a, a husband and wife team, which. Yep. As far as I'm aware, they're still going quite well with it, mm-hmm. and they're, they're happy with what they're, what they're doing with it now. Mm-hmm. Now, the there is, a, I mean, you come across hurdles along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal opinion, I think we just grew too quick, too many. We opened up too many too quickly, right? And that put the financial stress on on, on the stores before that, that ramp up period where uh, you get to the point where if people get into the habits of coming to the store, yeah, uh, understanding who you are that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So from a learning perspective, unless you've got really deep pockets and you can afford to write to it out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, good luck to you if you have. Mm. We didn't. So that was very hard for us. And the pressure from a financial point of view was quite hard too. Yeah. I bet. Uh, so we had to really work harder, mm-hmm. try harder and give the service, give that extra service that we possibly can to get the people to come more and more often into our stores. Mm-hmm. And the the other unfortunate thing or fortunate thing, I mean, most people, you know, you're either on, on one side or the other when it comes to these uh, delivery platforms. Yeah. When we opened up uh, store two and three, the delivery platforms came in as well. Mm. So um, if I believe, well, this is what I believe, I could be wrong, but if they didn't come on board, we would have had a quicker turnaround from a positive perspective mm. rather than a negative with these platforms because – Back when, before the, these platforms opened up, in my opinion, um, mm. you had a, a circle around each store, mm-hmm. a kilometre, two kilometres. That's that's your group of customers that you, you know, cater for. Yep. Once these platforms came in, you had – and your competition was usually the strip that you're in or yeah. – you know, right? mm-hmm. Once these platforms came in, it was open slather. Yep. And people had a lot of options and a lot of – yeah, it wasn't just chicken one day or a burger the next day. They go to get picking uh, duck or yeah. noodles or whatever the case may be. Every quizzing. Mm-hmm. Correct. So um, it grew the market so much that people didn't just rely on your local strip to go eat something. Mm. And I think that played a big part in what how our growth was well, the path it was supposed to take compared to what it did take. Yeah, right. That's interesting. So and then. As any business, you had to jump on board mm-hmm. on these um, delivery platforms, and the rude awakening was the the big thirty five percent that uh, yeah. they uh, slug you with. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of we we at the time we thought it's it's okay. It's a good way to sort of expose the brand to new customers. Sure. Hopefully, one day they'll come into the store rather than using the platform. Yeah. Well, five years later, it's not really the case. They're still yeah still using the platforms and mm. yeah, it's still costing us money, but mm. we've learned to, we've learned to work with it mm-hmm. rather than, rather than making it as an enemy, we try to make it as a friend in the business and work with it. And look, we survived it and we're here now looking at uh, hopefully helping up another store. That's awesome. That's great yeah. to hear. Like what, what have you seen happen since the start of COVID gym? Like as it, as it, 
how much has it changed, you know, your business? Because you're obviously predominantly uh, a takeaway and delivery business um, as opposed to uh, an eating kind of business. Mm. Um, like has has it has COVID been, you know, beneficial? Has it, has it you know? Or is it, or has it been a? Ch- it's obviously been a big challenge, you know, from um, customers and sanitation and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, look, from well, the biggest impact was that there's no eating in our stores. Yeah, and we still don't offer that at the moment. Mm. Um, but in saying that, stage two and three was was really good for us. Yeah, a lot of people were coming in, grabbing whatever, and we through the again we're through the delivery platforms. Yeah, stage four hurt us. Mm. Stage three, mm-hmm. I think people. With um, the fear factor, literally closed up shop, went home, stayed home, whatever they did. Yeah, and that, that hurt us a fair bit. Mm. Uh, we've we found now, even just with the, the recent uh, uh, relaxing of the of the rules on mm. Sunday, mm-hmm. we've seen that our sales have come up a little bit more. Yeah, which right. Which is, I'm assuming, it's basically people being a little bit more relaxed and being able to get out and probably fed up with cooking themselves. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so. COVID itself has been good at times, bad at times. So it's... It's, it's gone it's two and ways, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I've got the type of food outlet that I have compared to yeah. other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, in all honesty, any strip of shops, any strip in Melbourne relies on your neighbours yep. to be successful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're in chicken or if you're in fish or if you're in whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. The success of a strip only works if the whole strip is successful yep. and it, that will attract more people into your strip. Agreed. I, I, this idea where people turn around and go, oh, so, yeah, there's a new whatever it is that's going to open up in the strip, oh, that's not going to be good for business. Mm. Actually, it's going to be good for business because if it's a good operator, mm. they'll attract more people into your strip, which then one day you'll get their customers coming into your store and vice versa. Yep, yep. So my theory, that's my theory on that. If... If you think anything differently, mm. a bit old school in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, where I used to the one I uh, chicken centre I freaking all the time is obviously what you said, Melbourne East. I, I'll call Hawthorne, but um, <laughs> you've got some great little shops around there, especially the fish and chip place. Like that goes off on a Friday night. Like it's quite intense. So um, yeah, I totally agree. Like it's just got to be, it's just got to be complimentary. Um, Absolutely mm. complimentary, but also look, not everyone does a great job. In their business, mm. That's, you know, yeah, whether it's, of course, whether it's one or two percent or five, whatever the case may be, not everyone does the, a good job. Mm. But if you happen to get into a strip where everyone sort of compliments each other, like you said, and they do a, a good job, mm. it's just going to help your business even more. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, let's, let's talk about your team, Jim, because we talked about you know, we talked about that a bit at the start of the podcast. Like, the one thing that I always resonate with in regards with food food brands is like just really good hospitable customer service, like really knowledgeable, not in your face, not lying, not like trained lines that they're told to say or anything like that. Like it's just casual but informative. Like how have you been able to develop that amongst your team to be really consistent? Because all the feedback I've ever got about your brand has been positive from people. Like it's never been like – I've had a really bad experience at Chicken Central. Like it's always been positive. So how have you been able to do that as you grow? Um, I think it starts with the, the caliber of people you hire in the first place. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I like to hire somebody with personality. Yep. Um, if 
I think it's also the fact that I'm always in the stores with them as well. Yeah. And they see what uh, what I do and how I want it done. Yeah. And I don't mean how I'm done. No, you do it like this or whatever. Yeah, it's not a micromanagement thing. Yeah. No, it's it's explaining why we do it like that. Mm. It, you know, like I'll, I'll give an example. Making one of our chicken burgers. Mm-hmm. You can put the you can build the burger in a certain way, mm. and you look at it and go, well, that doesn't look too appetizing. Mm-hmm. But if, if every part of the bun has a piece of the chicken, mm-hmm. every part of the bun has the lettuce, every part of the bun has the mayo, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When the cost measure takes a bite of that, every bite has the, the full flavor of that burger. Mm-hmm. So I try and instill in my team, this is how it's done because how would you like to eat that food? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the chips. The guy's going to be, well, how do you want me to cook the chips? How do you like chips? You like them golden brown. Mm-hmm. You don't like them white. You don't want. You don't like them this. You don't like them that. Yeah. So when you cook a chip, I don't have timers. In one of my stores, I don't actually have timers. It's cooked by with the eye. It's interesting. So I we teach them this is how you cook chips because this is how you like to eat the chips. Mm. Well, mind you, chips is probably the most uh, the hardest thing to cook. Yeah, I totally agree. Because. Uh, Ten people walk in, and ten people, ten people want their chips different. I want them mm-hmm. crunchy. I want them salty. I want them lightly coated. Mm-hmm. I want this. I want that. And you just think, okay, I'll cook them the way I always cook them, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them. <laughs> and, that's, that's, and if somebody asks specific, like I got a customer comes in, she wants them half cooked. Half cooked. Them. Okay. Yeah. Right. For whatever reason, I don't, yes. I don't ask. If that's what you want, <laughs> we cook them half. We cook half cook them. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something specific, we do what we what what I believe is the right thing. Yeah, cook a chip. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on from that, the team, I believe, over a period of time, starts to understand who and what Chicken Central is. Yep. So they actually embrace the brand themselves. Yep. A lot of times out of ten, they're probably already customers before they actually work for them. Mm-hmm. We always we try to hire guys locally to the stores, mm-hmm. help the young the young kids in the in the area. Yep. Yeah. Most kids in, in our in our stores, they're great kids. Mm. They're they're working, they're studying hard, they're moving on. One day they're going to uni, whatever the case may be, or yeah. you know, on a job, or whatever the case may be, they move on. And my idea of it is to give them an experience that I never had. It's a great point. Mentoring, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm. My first boss used to always say there was uh, you'd stand there pretty much at attention waiting. For him to say go home, and it was never, never a thanks for helping out, thanks for this. It was, it, excuse me, but he'd, he'd turn around and say, All right, fuck off now. That, yeah. that, was, his, <laughs> yeah, that was his theory of uh, mentoring, yeah. and, and I thought it's, it's just so wrong because you yeah. just busted your ass mm. for the company and for, for your boss. Yeah. I just didn't want that happening in, in, in my businesses. Good for you. So I teach the guys, especially the young ones, mm. you know, respect what you do. Mm-hmm. Enjoy what you do, follow what you need to do, but help each other and have a good time, which yep. I said before. And I take an interest in what they do as well. Yeah, super I, important. I want, I want to know what's going on at school. What are you mm-hmm. studying? Yeah, what are you doing next year at uni? And that's that's a one-on-one conversation. It might yeah. be for two minutes or a minute or whatever the case may be. And I think that helps them be more relaxed when I'm around in the stores as well, rather than yeah. being worried about what's, what's the boss going to say or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a, I don't want to say we're, we're mates because you, you want to draw a line at yeah. a certain point. Of course. But 
some of my older guys, the ones that have been around for a few years now, mm-hmm. I class them as mates. Yeah, they're, of course. They're great people to hang around with. Yeah. yeah, we have a few laughs and whatever else. Yeah. So I think from that, they actually take the brand and feel like it's their own as well. Mm. And I think that's the, the most important part. Mm. So when, when they actually do do something where it's a 50-50, uh, should I let that go through or not? No, yeah. they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't let it go through because they know it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, agreed. They, they, they want to make sure that the, the product that gets sent out, they're, they're proud of sending that product out rather than feeling, oh, don't about it, who cares? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's I think that's what makes it successful to this point. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you, like, I think a lot of people will learn from this answer you're going to give. Like, you're very successful. You've got three really good trading sites that are um, – a fantastic customer service and product. What does a typical day look like for Jim? What do you what do you go around and do every day? Like how how do you move between the stores? Like what do you focus on when you go into the stores? Um, because I think those touch points are really critical for your brand success. Well, I start the day at about seven o'clock in the morning. Okay. I um I literally jump in the car, go straight to the first store, which is Ashburton. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is where we um we marinate all the chickens and cut all the fillets to get them ready for all the stores. Oh, right. So okay. It's all centralized into one store. We used to do it every, each store used to have their own chicken. Yep. I stopped that because it, it was, I didn't get the continuity that I wanted. Yeah, right. So I literally centralized it into Ashburton mm-hmm. where this one person does it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have, I check with him, see how everything's going. Did all mm-hmm. the stuff are right and whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Check his work. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. He's been now for a couple of years now so he knows exactly what how to do it and yep um then from there i check with my uh, by eight o'clock the girls start coming in to prepare the salads right in ashburton yep. so i have a conversation with them mm-hmm. in regards to okay what are we doing today mm-hmm. what was left over from yesterday what yep. you know that kind of thing um sit down and work out which is usually every day is usually about the same we don't change ourselves too much Right. Unfortunately, we found in the past if we change our salads, customers get customers get to the point where they're regimented and they know what they want. Yes. And if they if they haven't got if we haven't got what they want, they get upset. Yeah. So I'll change if I'm going to change a salad, it'd be like from a seasonal perspective. Yeah. Use some salad, yeah, you know, and people try it, and we have to remove one out. Mm-hmm. I'll move. I'll remove the, the slowest moving one. Of course. So I don't have too many people. <laughs> uh, and then from there, I I look around and I make sure the, the guys are doing what needs to be done to set up the store mm-hmm. so that you know, all change every day, um, clean whatever needs to be cleaned on a particular day, mm-hmm. follow all the procedures, make sure that it's all done, mm-hmm. load up the uh, my van with all the chickens for the other two stores, yeah, right. drive to the next store, which is usually Bourne. Yep. Uh, I check with all the guys there. So by that time, they're probably halfway through the, uh, the setup time. Yep. Sit down with them, see if there's any issues or anything they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a bit of a conversation. What was the day like yesterday? How was your weekend? Whatever the case may be. Yep. See what's going on in their lives. Um, deliver all the stock that needs to go into there. Mm-hmm. Making sure all our, all our use-by dates are all correct and whatever else in regards to the chicken. Right. Making sure there's nothing there that's only got a day or two left where I can take it out of there, take it to maybe a, a, another store which might be... Uh, a bit busier or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So we... Minimize waste as much as possible, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, and then we go. I go off to the next store. Mm-hmm. 
And then the last door is Hawthorne. Now, Hawthorne usually spend a little bit more time there, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually about lunchtime. Yep. That's where I, I might uh, help out the guys with uh, serving the customers. Right. Have a look have a look at everything in there. Again, the same sort of procedures, making sure, you know, use by dates, quality of food. Yeah, yeah of course. Mm-hmm. Taste. Now, by that time, uh, usually there's some chicken coming out of the oven. Mm-hmm. Have a taste of the chicken. Yeah. Make sure it's all, yeah. Uh, to standard. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I will go back to Bourne, mm-hmm. spend uh, some time behind the counter there as well to see how, making sure the guys are following what needs to be followed. Yep. Uh, and, also sort of sitting back, standing back as well to see are they sort of approaching the customer the way I like to approach sure. it? Yeah. Yeah. What mood are they in on the particular day? Are they happy? And I've always said people have got a lot of personal problems at home. Mm. I mean, I've gone through it. Everyone's gone through it. Everyone goes through it. Of course. But once you walk through the front door, leave it at home. Yeah. If, yeah. you, if you're well enough to come into to work, Leave mm. the stuff at home. Yeah, yeah. You might have broken up with your boyfriend. I'm, I'm really sorry for that. Or you might have broken up with your girlfriend. I'm sorry for that. But leave it at home mm-hmm. and just get your mind off your own life for a second because mm-hmm. that will actually help you. Yeah, of working in the store. And a lot of the feedback we got through our, we did a bit of a survey with our team, and we said to them, um, "What, what, yeah, you know, how are you coping with COVID and the masks and things like that?" Yeah, right. And they actually ninety nine percent of them replied back. Thank goodness I've got a job, one. Yeah. And two, the team that we work with have got me through this. Yeah. And that's I thought interesting, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that's huge for us. And mm. I think that's what's it's exactly what I wanted to achieve and it's it's and it's working. So that's to, that's terrific hearing that from them. Yeah, but uh, and then once I finish uh, going back to Bourne, I literally finish the night off at Ashburton. The nights I spend at Ashburton, I I found that I in the past, I disappeared from Ashburton for a few weeks when I used to set up the other two stores and people mm. thought we sold the store, mm. sold the business because they didn't see my face behind the counter. Yeah, wow. Okay. So it's, it, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But, yeah, of uh, course. Mm. But uh, if you want to grow, you're going to do some certain things that some customers won't like. But then once they see my face again, they go, oh, well, mm. at least it's still here. And I, and I say to the guys, which I've learned from, I said, if anyone asks where I am, because they haven't seen me for a couple of days, even though I might be in there every night, I might be at the back skewering or cleaning or whatever the case may be. They might yeah. not see me, but if anyone asks, tell them that I am still here. <laughs> so they, they start worrying or thinking we've sold the business. Yeah, I don't know if it's a, it's a good thing or a bad thing, but because I was always so hands on at the start, mm. people see the face; they expect the face to be there. Yeah, even absolutely. Face, you know, it's they, they want to know that the owner's still there. Yeah, it gives. I think it gives them a bit of. Um, I don't know, uh, safeguarding that they, they know that they're still getting the same product that they're, they're so used to. It's trust. Yeah. It's trust you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, used to, I actually had that happen to me when I went from one bakery to two bakeries in sort of my mid-20s. Mm. And then I had to obviously put more attention into the second bakery um, at the start. And, yeah, the feedback from my team in, in my first bakery was like the, cust- like the customers think you've sold or yeah. you've gone because you've been here so much like you hid. 80 hours a week and all of a sudden you're maybe only here every afternoon or oh, like, yeah, it's, it's quite, quite funny. Um, is, so what you just described, is that, is that a seven day thing? Because you, you guys are open seven days, aren't you? Or yeah. It, how do you manage that? Uh, 
Well, it, there was no choice in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I literally, I work at seven days a week. Like I said, 16 mm. hours a day. Yeah. And I've got a business partner now and he's, this is probably the most important thing that's happened to me from mm. a business perspective. Mm-hmm. It's taught me a lot of things that I had to let go. Right. I used to do all the bookkeeping. Wow. And, you know, all the pays I used to do. And yeah. I'd yeah. Do almost, you know, I'd come home from work at 9 o'clock, sit in front of the computer till midnight, 1 o'clock, get up again at uh, 6 o'clock, yeah. start the whole day over again. Wow. And thanks to Mark, I, I've learned to let go a little bit. So, mm. yeah, I'm using a bookkeeper now. Mm-hmm. And take my advice, anybody out there who's got a business, you might think you're doing the right thing from bookkeeping and you might think it's going to cost you a few dollars, but the time and effort and the expertise of a bookkeeper, yeah. you can't beat. Yeah. You cannot beat. Totally so agree. If any with advice, go get a bookkeeper. <laughs> um, so I've released that part. I have a Saturday off now every week. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually because we – Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, my wife would say, um, what are we getting? I said, what about some chicken central? Because we have it <laughs> once a week. So I'll let you go into the store for lunch and get uh, chicken central. <laughs> <laughs> so you're pretty much there seven days in a week anyway. That's exactly. Yeah, that's funny. So, but it's it's a lot better now than what it used to be. Mm. I can't believe I actually did what I used to do. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I'm getting older now, Sean. Sure. I, I can't do it physically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't even see the screens uh, in the stores to actually read what, what the orders are, only glasses. So <laughs> it's amazing how quickly it uh, goes downhill. It, it's funny when you were just saying that, Jim, and it made me reflect on my 20s of working, you know, 80 to 100 hours a week and that was just normal. And I just don't know how I did that. I don't know how I started work at midnight and, you know, finish work at five or six and have a couple of hours sleep and do it all again. Like it just doesn't it doesn't um, doesn't make sense. But It doesn't. Yeah. But it's, it's the love that you had for your business. Oh, it's the 100%. love that you had for your, for your brand. Yeah, for your brand and for your people, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's I mean, you, you've got to be in it to understand it. Yeah, people, absolutely. Mm. Many times people will come up to me and say to me, Jim, I want to start up my own business. Mm. Say, Terrific. Um, unless you can, this is just my opinion, unless you can double what you're making today, mm. you won't have the passion to go through that period where the ramp up period. Yeah, and if right. You have to get a ramp up period. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So if if you can allocate a hundred hours a week to it, and you're mm. not going to begrudge doing it, mm-hmm. go ahead and do it. Yeah. If you're going to sit there and think that you're going to be this new boss who can come and go as he pleases and yeah, or he pleases and you know willy nilly do what you want to do, yeah, you forget to stay where you are. Yeah. You think it's a lifestyle business or something like that. Oh, so no, just quite funny. I've been in business for nearly 30 years myself. Yeah. And I just think the things that I do, even my wife still looks at me and goes, how, how do you do that? Yeah. Why would you, well, I have to do it because I want to make it successful because I can't I can't go at 90%. I have to do it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got if, the same issue. If you've got that mentality, go ahead and do it. Yes. But don't uh, go opening up a coffee shop next to a coffee shop, which is next to a coffee shop. You're wasting your time and money. Yeah, but it's been done so in so many um, cities around the world. It's quite scary. So yes. interesting time. A um, couple of couple of questions before I let you go, Jim. Like you're very you're very close to the you know obviously to the food scene. You've been around it. 
um, a good decade now. Like what what areas of the hospitality industry do you think are going to be hurt the hardest from this crisis? Do you think, um, you know, as, as we come out of hopeful lockdown in the next couple of weeks in Victoria and stuff like that, like do you think that, you know, things will gradually go back to normal or what kind of areas of the industry do you think are going to be hurt? Well, firstly, I hope everybody comes back. Yeah, I agree. Most important. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, whoever's closed at the moment, I hope to goodness that one day that they'll open and recover from what they've gone through. Yep. I think initially, I think initially people, it depends on the restrictions of what the government puts on us as well. Yep. If, if it's an open slather again, like it was pre-COVID, mm. which I don't think it will, but mm. if it is like that, mm-hmm. I actually think a lot of businesses will bounce back quite well. Yeah, I agree. People are just going to explode to get out of the, get out of whatever routine they're in right now mm-hmm. and get sort of, some sort of normality. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe there's going to be a lot of take-home uh, food, especially as long as if the offices of the city are still going to be closed and people are still going to be working from home, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of trade in regards to people just getting out of their homes, going to the local strip, grabbing some food, going home, eating, yep. having their lunch like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't see the upmarket restaurants surviving. It's going to be too, it's going to be a challenge, up. right? With no international, with no international like tourism and that kind of stuff, like the high end fine dining that have relied on that, like uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big challenge, I think. It is. Mm. Uh, look, at the end of the day, and it, it also depends on how much disposable income people are going to have after all this. Yeah, totally well, agree. Yeah, so if, will they spend twenty dollars a day on lunch? Mm. Well, yeah, will they spend hundred dollars on dinner? I mm. don't know. Uh, yeah. It, it depends on how much of a quick turnaround and the economy bounces back and how many people still have their jobs and that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I'm hoping that it all bounces back. Mm. I, I, I believe it will be a little bit of a mini boom yep. after this. Yep. Um, as long as these some a lot of these businesses survive. Yep. Um, I could be wrong. I don't know. but uh, yeah, I'm No hoping, one knows, right? It's interesting. No. Yeah. But I think there will be a bit of a mini boom once there's some relaxation in these restrictions, for sure. Yeah. Do you, do you think, Jim, that um, have you had to think very much about your menu or you know the value proposition or or the prices very much during this time? Like, have you have you thought about putting them up or putting them down or leaving them the same? Like, has been what's been the theory around this time? Um, price wise, I think we're okay. We're we're, yep. we're restructured. Yeah. What we've uh, actually we just started a promotion last week in regards to feeding the family, yep. trying to forty bucks. Yeah, which, right. It's a pack which we had we've had for yeah as long as I can remember. Yes. So we we know well we don't know but we're thinking families are, are, are hurting a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way of feeding your family for under forty bucks? Well, we've got a pack there which yep. we feed a family for, for under forty dollars. Yeah, it's amazing. So to us, it's I mean, not, not every person that comes into our stores, you know, got deep pockets. So yeah. you got to cater for everybody. Yeah. And that's that's probably the beauty of Chicken Central. We do cater for everybody from yeah. kids through to 70, 80, 90 year olds, families, things, you know, single people, whatever. Across the board, we cater for you. Yeah. So it's, if we can push the family towards this pack and say, look, you're getting great value. Yep. For $40, you, you know, a fresh, free-range chicken and large chips and a fresh, large salad. Yeah. And you've probably got leftover for the next day as well to put in a sandwich or yep. you know, whatever in a salad yourself. 
it's great value. So people do need to understand that any business that you are, you've got, you can cater for anybody. Yeah. You know, it's not about the elite. It's not about whoever's down. The, it's not a, come in. You know, you can spend something, spend a little bit of money and get a great quality uh, meal with yep. us. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. I think if, if everyone understands that and if any, every business tries to cater for that, mm. I think that'd be okay. Yeah. Because uh, not, like, not everyone's an elite out there. No, that's exactly right. It's going to be interesting when, um, when different, um, uh, wage subsidies come off and, and stuff yes. like that early next year, like the you know the value proposition that that um, brands will have to uh, generate is actually really high, and I think the value isn't just in the food or is in the price point, but it's also in the engagement and the customer service and the knowledge and all that kind of stuff. So, I think what I've largely seen is that brands who actually had brands before COVID um, have been really successful during this time. Um, and brands that were just sort of meet what I call me too or vanilla brands are probably struggling right now and they haven't, you know, they wish they probably stood for something a bit more. So, um, uh, I'm wondering also if they, they haven't evolved with the times as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Change is a, change is a hard thing. No, I'm the worst one out of two. Jim, thanks so much for joining me on today. I'm going to give you one more one more question before I let you go. As I've been asking most of my uh, podcast guests of recent times, what's um what's one thing you're looking forward to doing again that you can't do at the moment because of lockdown that you're really excited about? Go for a drive, like yeah. outside. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. This is through the beach. Yeah. Yeah. This is through the water. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the water and. Um, just yeah, just to grab my wife and go for a drive along the beach somewhere. Yeah, I don't care if it's even uh, yeah, so just St Kilda, just locally, just to see some water. Yeah, that, unfortunately, well now we can because we're twenty five k's. Oh, we're twenty five k's, but we can't go to the country or do anything no. like that. Yeah, no, just to go for a drive, just the two of us, and just stop somewhere, grab you know, whatever it might be, a cup of coffee or something, and just yeah, and not worry about life for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a positive thing. Um, Jim, what's the best way that people can find out about Chicken Central and everything that you guys do in Melbourne? Well, we've got a website, uh, Mm -hmm. www.chickencentral.com.au. Have a look at that. Uh, Social media, of course, Instagram. Your Instagram's Uh, awesome, yeah. Helen does a great job. And Mm. it's all good thing about what Helen does with Instagram, it's not just the food. She yeah, actually makes you laugh. she makes you laugh every day as well. She puts on. Oh, some- it's so <laughs> crazy, it's so good. I, I, I look and I go, "Where did you find that? How did you come up with that?" And the feedback we get from our customers and yeah. just people walking down the street who know who we are, yeah, they follow us and they they said, "I started off looking at your Instagram just to get the laugh." So yes. with it, we we cater for everything, laughs and food. Yeah, it's fantastic. The um the new one you guys have got as well with the the humans of Chicken Central. I think you've got. That's right. Yeah, um, I started that a couple, uh, about a month ago. I think. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fantastic and gives really good insight to the to the amazing staff that you have. And um, uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you being on the podcast, Jim. So thanks so much for your time. Sean, thank you so much. Yeah. Take care.